0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets. And good morning, good afternoon, however you happen to be. This is a wonderful morning, at least here in L.A. It's gorgeous. Sunshine and clear skies. Nice. It's very nice. Um, and I hope you are enjoying some good weather wherever you are. Hope your pets are doing well. I hope you are doing well. I know I'm certainly doing well. And you're here live with me for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And the basis of our show is to talk pets. It's talking about your pets. It's talking about other people's pets. So if you have any questions, anything you want to talk about, anything that pops up in your heads, anything that you are afraid to ask, you can get me a number of ways. Number one, You go old fashioned way, give us a call at 877 385 8882. Once again, 877 385 8882. You can also just send me a note right here on PetLifeRadio.com. You scroll down to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and there's a place you can actually type in a question. And the best way yet is to join us here live on Google Hangouts. There is a link waiting for you. Specifically, it has your name on it on PetLifeRadio.com. Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. You scroll down, and you will see a link. And you can join us. Just click on it and we can see you here live with your pet. And you can ask away, talk about it, anything you'd like to talk about. We would like to thank our show sponsor, at least our new sponsor. And uh, that is Perfume's products. Those are products that are sort of developed with me. You can trust them because I put my name on it. And it's you know a great stuff. Amazing grooming and wellness solutions for your pets. They are available online at www.pawfumepremium.com We have stuff. We have great stuff. My favorite pick. Basically, what we're trying to do is give you veterinary quality that you otherwise can only find at a vet hospital, but you can get it online, order directly from pawfumepremium.com. And they are fantastic. They last longer. The scents are the most unbelievable. Thus, the name perfumes. Actually, I sort of teamed up with a company that was making sense for both humans and pets. Call Perfume, and they make a lot of perfumes out there for people. And um, I really love their smells. We said, you know what? I have great products. Why don't we put the two together? So my top products that I just love are my Skin Coat Emollient Spray. That's kind of a spray that if you have dry skin, you're going to put cream on every day. Well, what do you do for dogs with dry skin? Yes, we're going to give them essential oils. We're going to do fatty acids. We're going to do you know bathing, making sure that they don't have any infections. But we also want to moisturize the skin and coat. This is a great way to moisturize. Also, we have a great first aid spray, and that is most of the things we apply. Either well, have steroids; you can have an antibiotic, antibacterial. There's some good things, but this is soothing at the same time. It's sort or of takes some of the pain and irritation away. It smells amazingly good. It lasts for several days. Um, I still recommend you do it on, put it on every day. But it's really great. And last, my ear cleaner. My ear cleaner is the bomb. Same formula that I had when I had a a line in Petco years ago, the number one selling product, ear cleaner in Petco. So uh, that's pretty darn good. So now you can, it's available to you under my new label, which is Perfume, which is by Dr. Jeff Werber. And it is really great stuff. So go online to www.perfumepremium.com. If you have any questions about the products or you want to know more, anytime you just give me a call or you can just send me an email here to drjeff, drjeff at petliferadio.com. So as you know, I love to start my show. I sort of peruse the news, see what's going on in the world, in the pet world, just to help you stay better educated. In the meantime, if there's something that pops up, something you want to talk about, you can just give me a call right here, 877-385-8882. So this is interesting because here we talk about so many people are promoting natural and herbal. Well, guess what? There are some natural and herbal products that are not safe for our pets. For example, things like tea tree oil, penny oil. Marijuana and some of the cannabinoids, and I'll explain that in a minute. White willow bark, these all have the potential to be toxic. Now, some of it is dose-related, and there. when it comes to the marijuana and the cannabinoids, that's the big problem. We don't yet know what toxic doses are, and there are so many different varieties out there. It's so hard to differentiate and to determine the strength of those products, those varieties that contain THC. How concentrated is the THC, and therefore it makes a big difference how much would be safe for a pet. And though I am a big fan, as you know, uh, uh, for example, some of the cannabinoids, uh, CBD, which is the form without the THC, so the cannabidiol. But I will tell you that I do agree with some friends of mine. We had a, we had one of my colleagues on here as a guest, Dr. Justine Lee, who's a veterinary toxicologist. And until we know what the toxic doses are, it's going to be really difficult to determine what the therapeutic doses are. So until there's more standardization within the industry, my recommendation is speak to your veterinarian in states where it is legal. They can have a discussion with you, but proceed with caution. Next, raw food, more raw food recalls. If I'm not getting my point home that you need to be really, really careful with raw foods. I mean, I, I don't think there is a week in the last several that I've gone through the AVMA, the American Animal Hospital briefs, and not seen some type of raw food recall. This one, I don't even like the name, carnivore meat. Uh, They recall one lot each of their Vital Essentials freeze-dried beef toppers and their Vital Essentials beef chub entree. And uh, that's because the FDA detected, i go figure, salmonella. Again, you really need to be careful when it comes to some of these raw foods. Here's another warning and, you know, I know that, that we don't, but when I was in vet school, a lot of my classmates had backyard chickens. They were getting eggs that, you know, it was great. But interestingly, you have to make sure that these eggs are cooked well. If you're going to use the chickens for the meat, you have to make sure they're cooked very well. And, you know, before ingesting them, the, the issue is if you treat them just like a household pet, there are many dangers, the pathogens, especially Campylobacter and Salmonella. And uh, so it's very, very, very important that don't think that just because they're in your yard and you know them. And you take care of them, and they give you eggs every day that they are free of those pathogens. So be very, very careful. Make sure that you do not eat those eggs raw. Thus, you know a lot of things that people do eating raw eggs. If you think of the Rocky movie, you know eating those raw eggs—that wasn't a good idea. A raw cookie dough, unless of course you want to get edible, which doesn't have any raw eggs. But you know most raw cookie doughs are going to have eggs. So you have to make sure to read ingredients, make sure they're safe. A study showed Rottweilers, one of you know here's an interesting. Rottweilers 10 years ago, 15 years ago, were one of the top breeds. They were in the top 10. I think they actually made, theirself, made their way up to maybe 11 on the AKC list. They were so popular. I was a Rottweiler doctor. I saw, I mean, I saw Rotties every single day. And what happened? Now you, you I rarely see them. But interestingly, they are the dogs that were are most prone to develop osteoarthritis, males more so than females. And Heavier increases the incidence tremendously. So if you are one of those, and by the way, love those dogs. They are fantastic dogs. And if you want a good watchdog, get yourself a rottweiler. They are menacing. They are fantastic with the family, but they have a heck of a bark. They have a, a certain look about them, just looks. So I I guarantee someone who doesn't know dogs, or even if they do, they're going to see that Roddy in the window and they're going, I'm not going there. I'm going next door. So Just know they're really great watchdogs. But if you're going to have one, everyone has a tendency. And I saw so much of this when they were so popular. They wanted the biggest, baddest, meanest dog on the street. So what happened is they started overfeeding these dogs as puppies. They got too big too fast. They developed a lot of growth-related problems because of it. And um, it's genetics. They're going to reach the size they're supposed to reach. And they'll get there when they're supposed to get there. Don't try to speed the process up because that way you'll avoid problems. And um, also... Keep them on the lean side. A Roddy is a Roddy. They're going to be the same menacing look. They don't have to be overweight to accomplish that. So keep them lean. It'll keep their joints healthier. Here's another one. You know, how many of you, just curiously, right? Show of hands. I can see you all. How many of you wash your dog's toys on a regular basis? And the answer, I I don't. I may start now. But interestingly, most of the, the 60% of the dust that, we have in our homes is because obviously homes with pets is because of the pets and you know they are chewing on these toys obviously there's bacteria all over the place and then we're touching the toys and we're moving them and then we're eating and so basically there's a number of bacteria that can be transferred from their mouths to their food dishes are touching to their toys we touch them again so here's the recommendation if you especially for young kids small kids if you're playing a lot with your dog moving their that grungy toy that you picked up because it's in the middle of the floor and you want to move it, wash your hands. And if the thing looks really grungy, wash it. And if it's a fabric that could be washed, stick it in the washing machine. But we need to be a little bit more conscientious about our pet's toys. Very important. Now, this is a topic that I'm going to hold till the end. And I would love to hear from you. Really, guys, I know you're so many shy people out there, but this is one that I really think needs some discussion. Of course, I'm always prepared to do my own discussing. I'm very good at that. The gift of gab, I would say, but no, it's very important. I would love to hear from you. So, oh, this is really cool. If anyone wants to work in tech and you don't mind living in Seattle, that's a tough one. I know Amazon and you have pets. Amazon is probably from what I can see, it's the best pet friendly workplace on the planet. So first of all, they have allowed dogs in since their inception and they have, listen to this, this is a great statistic. This is just in Seattle, over 6,000 dogs at their facility at any given time. That's amazing. They are greeted at the front desk with treats on the 17th floor. They have a patio with water and uh, they're doing also a place where the dogs can go out. They have a little leash-free dog park within the facility. I mean, this that's unbelievable. And so um, can you imagine, though, another thing? I mean, I thought that was pretty amazing. If they have 6,000 dogs at any given time, can you imagine how many employees they have? At that facility at any given time. Cause I guarantee if you just, let's look at numbers. Let's assume, you know, those kind of people, a lot of millennials, I'm sure 60% because they're the largest growing population, uh, 57% of households have pets, maybe they're maybe even 65. So you can imagine how many to have 6,000, you have probably, you know, I don't know, nine, 10,000 people working there. That's, that's crazy. But I think, you know, it's, it's something where a lot more companies, I think, should follow suit. One would think that it detracts. From the attention. No, I think it adds to it. I think people are at ease when they can have their pets with them. So um, I think that's really cool. My hat's off. Thumbs up to Amazon. Now, also this new law in New Jersey. We talked about some of the problems with trainers and and these people providing ancillary services. Well, now in New Jersey, pet groomers are going to need to be trained and licensed. That is something that's so important. I heard a story lately of a dog. One place, I I, I don't want to mention the name because I'm not sure which of the big pet stores it was, but one of the large chains. In the last several months, same location on two occasions. I think it happened in New Jersey, which is why I think they are now being very cautious. Dogs went in for a bath and died. Now, come on. There's something going on. There's a mix-up somewhere. I happen to think it's the dryers. It's the attention. I think that any dryers that use heating elements are a tremendous danger. I also know that dogs have jumped off tables and choked themselves because nobody was around because they decided to take a break while the dog was hooked up on the grooming table. I mean, there are, it's human error, a case of just like a heart attack, which can happen. Dog in the tub during the bath while it's being bathed. Certain dogs, yes, I've heard those stories and I can believe it. But I would say the majority of problems like this are human error because of carelessness. And it is just unbelievable to me. So I applaud New Jersey. I would love more states to follow suit, but I think for any ancillary pet service, whether it's training, grooming, even daycare facilities, I think the owners should have a certain license to be able to conduct the business, should be trained, massage therapist, you name it. I think it's very important. If you disagree with me, join me right here online. Let's talk about it. But I am shocked at the the, the number of accidents and casualties that we see. Now, this is also interesting and, and it surprised the heck out of me. And that is that there are a lot of the animals that we, you know, sort of glorify and love. Well, I'm talking wild animals. This is this. This is a list. These are the following animals that are actually are at high risk of extinction. Lions, gorillas, cheetahs, leopards, giraffes, polar bears, tigers, pandas, and elephants. Then, you know, you go on safari, you see all these animals in the in the wild. We are sort of crowding them out in certain areas, except places where in Africa, Africa. So, you know, I, I wrote a report about this uh, years ago. I was at a, a, a reserve in Arizona, and I know people don't like those things, but I got to tell you, they have breeding programs. These animals are, are kept in habitats that look like their own. They are so well cared for. They are so loved that, you know, I don't disagree. It's not like just a zoo where people, the dog, dogs are there, people, you know, walking around and gawking at them. This is really, it's almost like a, it's like being in a, in, in a great camp. Where they are loving it because they're well treated. And um, I think it's a great way to sort of have breeding, official breeding programs that can help the species. Cause I would hate, we all would hate these animals to go take that. If they do, it's probably our fault. And also last week, I talked about the problem with trying to ban breed specific laws. Well, the state of Michigan, the Senate just passed a bill banning dog breed specific ordinances, which includes ownership bans compulsory neutering bans, though, of course, we all think they should be neutered anyway. But as far as compulsory, muzzling rules and requirements that owners carry additional liability insurance, they find it unconstitutional, which I agree, as we all know, in our dog world, it's not the dogs, it's the owners. So that's great. Again, hats off to Michigan. That was really great. When we come back, we are going to talk about something that I really want to, it blew my mind. And I hope, I do hope, and I hope I can hear from you. Some of the rescue people out there, maybe some shelter people, but this story is going to blow your minds. Anyway, don't go away. We'll be right back after these messages. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. You know that feeling when you go to clean the litter box and it's a complete disaster? Yeah, we've got you covered introducing world's best cat litter zero mass the advanced litter that gives you two times better clumping and more odor control with less litter zero mass combines the concentrated power of corn with super absorbent plant fibers translation scoop once and you're done find it at a pet store near you and save two dollars visit www.saveonworldsbest.com does your dog itch scratch stink or shed like crazy Come to DynaVite for help. Order a 90 day supply of DynaVite. Everything we tried failed except the DynaVite. Pick up two bottles of Super Mega Fish Oil. Get the third bottle free. Packed with omega 3, DHA, and EPA fatty acids. Super Mega is great for your dog's immune system, healthy skin, and soft, shiny fur. Dogs love it. Try Super Omega Fish Oil. Buy two. Get one free. At DynaVite.com D I N O oh. V I T E.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Pet And welcome back here live with Dr. Jeff Corber here on Pet Life Radio's yes, Ask the Pets with Dr. Jeff. And as I promised, this is a discussion. This is something that's going to blow your mind, as it did mine. And I was so shocked to read this. And here it goes. I'm going to share it with you in all its shocking statistics. It just blew my mind. People affiliated with 86 dog rescue and advocacy groups and shelters in the United States and Canada spent, ready for this, $2.68 million since 2009 to buy 5761 dogs and puppies from breeders mind you from breeders at two regulated auctions in Missouri now we know Missouri is one of those states that we have puppy mills i just did the math just i took 2.68 million and divided by 5761 that came to $465.20 per dog that means they're at these auctions now to buy, spending $465 to buy them. And again, their logic was, look, we know these dogs are going to end up in the wrong hands somewhere. They may even end up being put to sleep if nobody buys them. So we're at least going to buy them and we're going to provide them with some good homes. We'll make sure they're spayed and neutered, which they may not if they are sold as puppies through this auction. So I understand, but there are thousands of dogs right now in shelters that can be adopted for $40 or $50 that are going to end up with the same fate. But with spending 465 on one, that's 10 that you could have saved from a shelter that's already there. And what the other thing that really bothers me, and this is why I kind of agree with the opponents, the critics, and that is by buying these dogs, you are basically encouraging these backyard puppy mill breeders to continue to breed. Because if they know, they're going to take it to auction and get 465 bucks a dog. You bet your bottom dollar they're going to keep doing it. But if nobody would buy them, then that would put them out of business. And when you think about, and I, I have this discussion all the time with the many rescues that I work with, and that is the need to adopt what we call a herd health mentality when working with rescues. Why? Because you can get emotionally attached to any dog. But if you're going to spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds or even thousands of dollars to try to fix this one that's such a sad story associated with it and it was adopted from so and so and it needed this surgery and that surgery, et cetera, yes, you could save a life. But with that same amount of money, you can save 10 or 15 or 20 lives. And one of the rescue groups I talked to, and we've had this discussion before, actually said something very interesting and and in a way, very sad. When they go online to try to promote, To raise money for the plight of these animals, the one with the sad story that needs a lot more work attracts more attention and dollars than the ones that are cute and sitting in a shelter somewhere and just need to find a home, not understanding that if they don't get that home, there's a good chance they'll be put to sleep. And yet the public, the bleeding heart says, oh, my God, that poor dog. With the broken legs and this and that and the other, and then it needs the heart surgery, whatever. That's the; those are the ones that these rescue groups are able to collect money for. And just to say, we want to walk into a shelter, and I need you know four or five hundred dollars so I can pull out ten dogs. Those are the ones that are people don't donate. So really, what it boils down to is it's the, the public perception of how our dollars should be spent to save these dogs. And I think there's a misconception when one thinks or feels better to shove a lot of money into one dog than a little money into many dogs. And that's the problem with this rescue world. And I have this argument all the time with my rescue groups. They want to keep spending and spending and spending, even though the prognosis sucks. And the chances of this having the pet having a normal life is very, the chances are very low. And yet that's what they want to do. And when I said, why are you doing this? They said, because we cannot collect money to pull a healthy dog out of a shelter. And there's something very wrong with our public perception of of help when to donate a couple of dollars to help pull a healthy dog out of a shelter who's we can find a home in days, something very wrong with that. But worse yet, to spend $465.20 on a dog at an auction in Missouri where you know these are puppy mill dogs. And to think that, oh my God, if if we don't do it, the dog will be put to sleep. Yeah, it may. It may. But guess what? For that same money, there are going to be that you should have spent. Instead, there are going to be 10 dogs that are going to be put to sleep. So you really need to think of this world. And the worst thing we can do is support these puppy mill backyard breeders from just spitting out more and more dogs. And if if they knew that they're going to get 465 bucks per dog, they're going to keep doing it. So we're not helping this problem at all. So for those rescue groups, and those organizations, those shelters that thought they were doing some good, I think they really need to to reevaluate what is good. What is good would be to shut these facilities down. And to do that is you just don't support them. And yes, is it going to hurt at the beginning? It definitely will. They should not have paid only what they would have paid to pull the dog out of a shelter. Maybe max 100 bucks. Some of the shelters are 70, 75. Most of the shelters, that's to, to the public. Most of the shelters that work with the rescue groups regularly will discount the dogs to 40 or 50 bucks. So very important. If you think you are helping reevaluate and the, the best thing to do, obviously, is to not support that practice. But if you are, at least do it to the so you're not spending any more than you would have if you were pulling a dog that is on death row at a local shelter or a dog pound or a rescue, et cetera. So anyway, that's all we have time for. If you want to talk more about this, if you have a different you know, perspective about this, if you are in the rescue world and you want to add something one way or the other, I would love to hear it. It's a, I think it's a great, great topic for discussion. Uh, once again, I want to thank, uh, perfume uh, for sponsoring our show. Uh, if you want some really good products, go online to perfume premium.com. And, um, Uh, If you always can get a hold of me at drjeff at petliferadio.com. And of course, here on Sunday mornings, 9 in the West, noon in the East, and either 10 or 11, depending wherever you are in the uh, uh, Central Park or um, the Mountain States. And we would love to have you join us here on Pet Life Radio's S. That's Dr. Jeff. Have a great week, everybody. Um, Again, I love controversy. So if you have something controversial, send it my way. Uh, Otherwise, we'll see you here.